thank you for mentioning Sister Ivanel and her loss um, of her granddaughter. Uh, she actually, at, I think it was at our last annual meeting about a year ago, she, uh, she came over here on Saturday and... Uh, Yes, she's 97 years old, uh, drives from, she lives out around Azel, I think, out there somewhere, and she, she still drives uh, in this area. <laughs> she drives to, when she, when she uh, last Sunday, when she found out, learned of the death of her granddaughter, she actually got up, got ready for church, drove to Kennedale, to old school where her membership is, and uh, and then was notified later her her granddaughter had passed away. But uh, anyway, she has been here, and uh, when she came, uh, so she would have been I guess ninety six at the time, ninety five when last time I saw her here. And uh, I told her, I said, "You don't look a day over eighty seven. Uh, <laughs> she, she and she just laughed. She's got a wonderful, she, just a wonderful. A sense of humor and outlook and faithful, faithful sister in the church. Um, again, please, please continue to pray uh, this morning. Uh, tried to preach somewhat on this subject uh, Friday morning over there at the meeting, but uh, in listening to several other sermons, have some other thoughts on my mind, uh, kind of to go along with it. But uh, and I want to begin uh, by, with a verse in the uh, first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter one, twenty-first uh, verse says, "And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their." Sins, and uh, I think most people have heard the term. And I always thought it was was uh, primitive Baptists were called uh, hard shells. And I always that would remind me of of you know it talks about Israel being being stiff necked and hard a hard shell, stubborn and so forth. But but then I learned hard shells. There there are hard. Hard shalls in God's word. He shall save. He shall save his people from their sins. He was going to do that. Uh, and uh, there was a determination there. And, and God already knew that Jesus Christ was going to be successful at that. And that that sacrifice was going to be accepted. And uh, at this point. And then we have God's word that as we read through it, and if it's revealed uh, uh, by God, uh, as it should be then, that everything is just laid uh, across it perfectly and in, in uh, shall I say, logically. It's just, it, it, everything fits together. You know, you read a book and, and you think as you're reading it, Know that there's not one contradiction in it, not one mistake uh, and, and, or falsehood and, and so forth. may not understand everything, uh, but uh, there's, we have that in the Bible. Uh, so uh, he shall save his people 
from their sins. Now, so we go into, okay, how, how did he do that? Uh, what, what had to be done? And we can go all over the place and, and, and learn that. I'm going to go to the 20th chapter of Matthew. Uh, and then head into this, this subject that really has been on my mind for, for a week and for certain reasons. And, but uh, in the 20th chapter of Matthew. And uh, this is one of the things, this is one of the many things that Christ accomplished on the cross, in the crucifixion. That's where our salvation took place, legally. Legally. Jesus Christ performed that. So in the 28th verse of the 20th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life, give his life a ransom for many. So he gave his life a ransom for many. It was a sac- he was a sacrifice uh, entirely of Jesus Christ. I know, and we are redeemed by the blood of Christ. I realize that. Uh, and we're washed from our sins. He, say, he shall save his people from their sins. And he did that by shedding the redeeming blood. But there was a sacrifice there on the cross uh, that, uh, that, uh, of which Jesus Christ was that sacrifice. And it, and it needed to be accepted by God, the Father. Needed to be accepted by Him. And it was. And we have proof of that. And now we live by it. Some, sometimes I, forget, so I get so bogged down in things, distractions, that I, I, I don't say that I've ever forgotten this, but I sure get distracted from it. Uh, and then uh, pretty soon I'm, I'm maybe not living my life according to this doctrine and this grace that we know. Uh, that he, he said that he shall save his people from their sins. Not, not partially. He saved us. Totally. That's, that's it. There's no, there's no uh, a, a partial salvation here and leaving anything to anyone else. But he gave his life a ransom for many. Uh, so we'll get, in, get into this, this ransom, but this is a payment. This ransom is a payment, and in redemption itself, it is to buy back or to uh, purchase. You and I, we were purchased by Jesus Christ. He gave himself a ransom. There was a price there. Uh, and it was, and it was not with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's what it was. It was that cost there. Uh, that was the cost of our salvation, uh, and so he gave himself uh, uh, a a uh, ransom. Uh, in uh, go to Ephesians, the first chapter. Uh, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, the uh, seventh, seventh verse, 
Uh, speaking of uh, Jesus Christ, well, let me get the, the sixth verse. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom, in whom we, so he said that, Apostle Paul said, in whom we, he was including himself. Uh, that grows sweeter to me every day. That, uh, that, uh, that we can say that we are included in that. And we have that feeling within us because we have the life of Christ within us through the Holy Ghost. We have eternal life given us in whom we have redemption through His blood. We have it. We won't get it later on. We have it right now. Just as we have eternal life. We're given eternal life in regeneration. That is regeneration. We're given life, spiritual life there. The new creature and so forth. But in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He shall save his people from their sin. (coughs) According to the riches of his grace. So when I question... And I begin to see myself as I am, uh, my depravity, my sinfulness, and all. Why would he? Did he really? Am I included in this redemption? Uh, is am I part of that we there? It's through His grace. I can't look for what I've done to deserve it because I won't find it. It's what Christ did uh, to redeem me. Uh, and it is uh, the redemption. It's 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 not simply uh, the payment of this ransom, like I said, in part. And it's not just a rant, a ransom. It's ransom in full, in full. Uh, and um, now, uh, uh, Brother Royce has a couple of the graphics that he puts together uh, on uh, the term debt, a debt. And in thinking about uh, uh, as I uh, as I grow older, as we grow older, and so forth, it, it, it amazed me. And I mentioned this over there at at, at the association, but uh, uh, and I don't want to include everyone else in this. But I seem to, and I can look back when I was younger. And it's funny how you begin life and you get married and, and all, and and uh, you start uh, acquiring things. And all, but they cost money. You know, pretty soon I look and I think, oh my goodness, I am really in debt. I have a lot of debt. Certainly, you think of a mortgage, a mortgage on your house that, say, you live most of your life really not owning your house. But you have this, that's one of the biggest debts. You got cars and all, which are just an expense. Uh, but uh, a necessity uh, in many regards. But begin to think. And then when you grow older, then I'm, uh, I never. Thought, I, I never actually thought that the word retirement was even in my vocabulary. Why would I even mention that word? I didn't see that happening. But you begin to try to, uh, as all the debt that I've racked up and added up, you begin to try to get rid of that stuff so you can live uh, your life uh, on a limited uh, uh, income uh, uh, and uh, fixed income. And also you try to get rid of the debt. And we've been blessed in doing a lot of that uh, and, and all. And so that becomes the focus. As we live our lives, 
uh, as we as we go through these things, and maybe I've gotten uh, at a certain point into more debt than I could handle. Somehow made it through that. And I remember going through some some times, and I hear other people talk about you know they had like you you the phrase living paycheck to paycheck, and all uh, that happens. And all, and, and and then you know you say you know, okay you can't wait till you you are prepared or can afford a family because uh, it'll never happen. You just do it, and I tell you what, God blesses you. But the entire time we're we're going through all that and everything else, this ransom here has been paid in full. Uh, well, it's been paid for us. Jesus Christ did that. It is it is such a blessing when today. We are able to, as we're suffering something, whether we brought it on ourselves or uh, uh, something else did, uh, uh, that, uh, that we can, uh, as we're going through these tribulations, that we can uh, rest in that. As Brother Ronnie said, it's uh, the grace that we live by and die by. Uh, uh, we can think of this. And it's, I find myself exhaling physically, thinking about that. So just... Just settle down and relax. We have that peace here because he's revealed it to us. How how would you, just think for a moment, how would you like to go through life not knowing that Christ paid the entire ransom in full for you? It's been done. It's there. And we know it. We realize it. And and that uh, and that now and your whole perspective changes. It's much easier. As much as we may miss those who have gone on, the perspective that we have it makes me now desire to be there. Not necessarily, not just to see them. Yeah, that's part of it. Just the way I think now. But to be rid of the sin that still plagues us that he paid for. To be there. And that to be our life. No more worries or concerns. But, and so we, we have that out there. And, and so it gives us rest and comfort and peace uh, uh, in our lives here. And then it goes on in this first chapter uh, here. Uh, he speaks, he's talking about the earnest of our inheritance. In the 14th verse, he says, which, we, and he describes that above. We, you, I know you've read this and preached this, but says, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption, uh, until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Uh, well, in the 7th verse, it says, we have redemption. Now it says, until the redemption. I tell you what, he redeemed the soul, spirit, and body. There is a redemption there. When we realize our full redemption, it's going to be when these bodies are raised from the grave. When he calls our name uh, uh, and that we are with him. I wouldn't even say that when we go to him, because it's going to be so quickly uh, uh, that we won't, we won't have a moment to think about where we've come from, where we're going. Uh, we'll be there. And I tell you what, it's the same. Like Brother Ronnie also said, uh, as we as ministers uh, uh, are called upon uh, uh, to uh, preach a, uh, a funeral, to officiate at a funeral uh, uh, of someone who's lost a loved one in death, uh, uh, that uh, uh, all we have to do is speak of the truths of, of God Almighty and Jesus Christ and give them comfort in that. 
that uh, uh, and, uh, and give them peace uh, in that. And, and uh, there are primitive Baptist ministers who have call, been called upon to preach funerals uh, uh, of, of people in all kinds of denominations. But there's, there's a comfort there. And, and I'll tell you with this, uh, this um, uh, Sharon, Sister Sharon, that, uh, that passed away uh, uh, back when uh, uh, at old school we were in the middle of building our new uh, building over there in Kennedale and we were meeting in a, in a, uh, uh, a Lions Club place, room, meeting room anyway, and, and she, she came to church. She brought her grandmother to church, Sister Ivanelle. And, and Sister Sharon was going through some things. Uh, and, and, well, I tell you what, she's done what I've done a lot of, and that's looking back at all my mistakes and my sinfulness, my depravity. Uh, and, yeah, I want to remember that the Apostle Paul did, but I don't want to dwell on that. I want to look to, uh, to this, uh, this ransom that was paid. And so she was looking for some comfort in, in that. And so she and I kind of made, we made a connection. Uh, and, uh, you know, I could have turned around and said, well, let me, but let me tell you what I've done in my life uh, and, and made me make you feel better in that respect. But uh, she, she had a desire for that. And uh, and in, in in comforting the family, then uh, uh, we just have to talk about what Jesus Christ did for that woman in uh, paying the ransom. Uh, that's what we'll do. Uh, and uh, uh, we certainly don't concentrate on the mistakes. Uh, and uh, did she miss the chance uh, uh, to go to heaven? There is no chance. There's no chance. Uh, there is a solid expectation. Uh, there is something that was accomplished here in Jesus Christ. Yes, ma'am, praise the Lord for that uh, uh, and that we have that. And so now when someone uh, dies a natural death uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and and instead of immediately thinking, oh, well, they're, they're gone forever and all, uh, it is just a momentary separation. All that is uh, is uh, the separation of the soul and spirit from that body. Body's got to go back to the dust. That body needs a change. The redemption of that body, that time when it will, it will be made sinless and is, is, is drawn together again, reunited with the soul and spirit that has already gone. And there is no waiting time in that. When someone dies, in their comfort in this doctrine, it's God's doctrine, that when someone dies a natural death, it just, it just happens because of sin, wages of sin is death, uh, but a uh, gift of God is eternal life. But when there's just a separation there. But immediately they are in heaven. They're there with their Savior and their Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Uh, they're there. What in this world do I have to offer them to come back? There's nothing. But uh, we, so we, we change, our perspective is changed. We see that. And so now I'm drawn more to that than I think, oh, I, I miss them. And I do, I do. I want to talk to people that have gone on. Why didn't I ask them this question or that question and so forth? And I haven't been able to, and I, I miss that. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, so, so the, Jesus Christ offered himself a ransom in full. Uh, for us uh, now i 'm going to go to the to the old testament i 'll come back uh, lord willing to the to the new but uh and 
In a moment, I will, I'm going to go to the book of Hosea. And, but first, I'll go to the book just prior to that. And uh, we, uh, so Daniel, we're going to go to the book of Daniel. And some thoughts were brought out uh, by our Elder Adam Green, in fact, yesterday morning in his sermon in this respect. Now, this goes together with this subject of this ransom. Uh, but in the book of Daniel, in the, uh, in the first chapter, uh, first couple of verses, says here, in the third year, of the, and I'm going to pull this together, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into, uh, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. Talked about that. I talked about recently about this. But... Uh, so he besieged it, this evil king, Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And so the second verse, my point here, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand of Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, I've already talked about, it was prophesied 70 years. They're going to be in captivity. And 70 years it was. They were in captivity. Uh the Lord, and it says right there, you know, and today I know I get tired of things that people blame God for. Why did, they'll, they'll go on and say, why does God do this to good people? And then at minimum, they'll say, well, why did God allow that? Okay, maybe he didn't do it, but he allowed it. And all. That's a dangerous path. But here it says, the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with part of the vessels of the house of God, uh, which he carried into the land of Shinar, uh, to the house of his God, lowercase g, and he brought the vessels into the uh, treasure house of his God. Again, his God, Nebuchadnezzar. The Lord gave them over Israel. Uh, well, this is Judah, separated kingdoms, Israel, Judah, but Israel, Hebrew people, gave them over to Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. And they took many away, didn't take all of them, but into captivity. The Lord did that. Why? There was punishment. It was There was a judgment there against them. And, and I always try to remember as much, as much as I love preaching grace and mercy and so forth, God is still the great judge. Jesus Christ judges us. Aren't you thankful it's Jesus Christ, not someone like me? <laughs> that wouldn't be good. A man. But Christ Jesus is. But, uh, so, same God today. They don't change. But yet he's a merciful king, a merciful redeemer, savior, high priest. But God gave them over uh, to, uh, to Nebuchadnezzar. Now, as we go through, and you, you know all of this, uh, this story, but uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the you know, the fiery furnace, the three that he cast in there and so forth. Seven years he ate as an animal and, and all this came upon him. But at that time, think of that that I just read. The Lord, their, their own God handed them over to Babylon. And they think, okay, well, our God, and this was a point that was made in the sermon yesterday morning, that, oh, well, our God is, uh, our gods, they would say, are greater than their God. They, how would they realize or know that Israel's own God, the Lord, gave them over into bondage? Well, he did, 
He'd already told them how long it was going to be, but they would say, well, our gods are more powerful than their. Our gods are bigger than their god. But then we go to the, uh, the uh, fourth chapter of Daniel as we head toward uh, Hosea. Uh, 34th verse, the fourth chapter. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High. That word high is capitalized. That's God Almighty. This man was acknowledging their God at this point. And I praised and honored him that liveth forever whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. So even in the captivity of Israel, of Judah, here in Babylon, and that king that where, who they were handed over to, there's, there was no weakness in God uh, in, in that happening. But what are people to think? And I keep going to the cross. To Calvary, the crucifixion. This cannot possibly be the Christ, the anointed of God. He's nailed to the cross. He's, he's put on a tree, hung on a tree. Cursed is every man that hang on a tree. Uh, and he can't even get himself down, much less anyone else. They saw defeat in that. Well, they saw defeat back here in Israel. This, this, this people that worship and glorify and honor this God, their God, uh, they have failed. He has failed. We've taken them. They destroyed the temple, Jerusalem, uh, and all. And then Nebuchadnezzar understood. So in, then even in that, those, some of those people then would see, this is God. He, he, he saw, he saw uh, the, the Son of God uh, in that furnace there. Uh, now, and then in, uh, if I can find it, yeah, in the sixth chapter of Daniel, last place in this book, uh, 25th verse says, Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. All these men, these kings and all, they're changing their tune here. They see who God is here. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. When you're having troubles, when you are questioning, well, I, I just I think maybe you're being drawn to the church itself. Where Jesus Christ, where we worship him and the, the living God uh, uh but questioning, well, no, I think I've done a little bit too much uh, bad. You know, I don't have enough good racked up yet. And that's the other thing, you know, if you wait till you can afford a family, you'll never have one and all, uh, financially and all that stuff. If you wait till you've done enough good, then it's, it's, it's probably not going to happen. You, but you fall on the grace of God. And it's just the truth. It's, I'm not, it's, it's, it's right here. Uh, now, some translations, it's been taken out. And, and it, sometimes it's subtle. Other places you go through and, and contrast the King James translation to other translations or versions, man's versions. Entire verses are missing 
or have been changed to where it doesn't even, it's like they didn't even try <laughs> to make this close to the truth. But anyway, so, so we see it may have looked like God was weak. He's lost his people. They've deserted him, maybe for a time. And this was not the only time, but he hadn't. God got his people. He still had a people. Now, now, if you turn to Hosea uh, in the uh, 13th chapter of Hosea, toward the end of it, it um, says in the 14th verse of the 13th chapter of Hosea, I will... Ransom them from the power of the grave. Uh, so when we look at the grave, when we when ministers are called upon, and I tell you what, many times we're called upon to preach a funeral, and we've never met the person. You know, it's it can be difficult. Uh, but uh, I, again, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. It is a simple truth that God, Jesus Christ, has done that. He ransomed us from the power of the grave. The grave has no power over us. No power. Uh, He was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. That's been done. Do we still die a natural death? Yeah, unless Jesus Christ comes again. And calls us then, uh, but at the resur- resurrection, uh, but we will still die. Uh, but uh, uh, we we also die by that grace. We pray for that. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. That doesn't sound like a weak God no. to me. There is power in that. Uh, uh, Death, I'll be thy plagues. Grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. There was no regret changing of mind in that, in God's, uh, in his uh, his sovereignty. He would do that. uh, It's being prophesied here. Now, so I jump to this 13th chapter. Uh, but if you if you look at and Hosea is not a huge uh, book, not uh, not uh, long as far as chapters and, and verses, but uh, um, one of the minor prophets. But if you look at Hosea, and uh, I've gone into more detail of just this prophet before, uh, more than once, I'm sure. But uh, uh, so this begin most prophets, y'all are aware, uh, they have they're given a message from God. And, and so I'll have to go ahead and mention Malachi, Haggai, Zechariah. They're giving this message, you know, oh, is to rebuild the temple or, or start back rebuilding the temple. It is time. So, or Malachi, you're not sacrificing the right sacrifices. That was the message. Hosea, his life, his life, his calling was his prophecy. Uh, Hosea was told by God... To go and marry a specific woman. It was a woman, without going into all this, you can read it. It was a woman of unfaithfulness. Gomer was her name. Jose, you go marry her. You take her as your bride, as your wife. And she, she, was, not, uh, she was not a good woman. She's unfaithful. Beg- began that way. 
And then she had, and I'm not going to go into all this, but she, there were three children here. Uh, it doesn't say that all of them were his uh, children, uh, except one. I, I believe it was a son, but it uh, doesn't matter right now. But there, and, and we, we, we could go into all their names, uh, but it's, it's uh, one of them was judgment. Uh, one of them was uh, uh, no mercy, no mercy. And another one was not my people. Not, how'd you like your name? You have the name, and it meant not my people, or not loved, no mercy. That was the children. So all of this was, and, and we could say, and it's been pre- and we could preach completely on on this part of it, the judgment. And and I'll go ahead and tell you that this was a picture of Israel at the time. They were not in good shape. Now, if you looked uh, as far as the world's riches and so forth, they were very prosperous. They were doing great uh, as far as the world was concerned. But spiritually, no, they weren't. And so you could concentrate on that, and here's the judgment of God. This is what he did through uh, with Gomer, this woman of unfaithfulness, and, and Hosea, and, and then of Israel and so forth. But quickly uh, in this, in the, in the second chapter... In fact, we begin to see a change there, a hopefulness. And how often are you reading the Old Testament and think, oh, my goodness, this is, this is really, this is bad here and all. And then here comes the hope. Here comes the good part in there. And so I don't look at it as, oh, Hosea is a book, is a prophecy of the judgment of Israel. I look at it as, as a prophecy of the redemption of the elect family of God. Because that's who Gomer represented. Uh, yeah, Israel was in that that situation. We can use Gomer as as a, and it even says it in here that this this is a picture of Israel, but it's also of us, the elect family, all of mankind, of course, uh, depraved and sinfulness and so forth. Uh, but. Um, uh, so, in the, but as we go into this, back into the redemption, the ransom that was paid, and the redemption, the redeeming in full, the ransom in full here. Uh, uh, remember these names and so forth of the, of the children uh, that were had. And, and also, uh, I, mean, I need to mention that Gomer, uh, in her unfaithfulness to her husband Hosea, went off and got even worse uh, in her life. Sinfulness and so forth, and abandoning her her uh, husband uh, and all. Well, that's what Israel had done. They had submitted themselves to other gods. They were unfaithful. It shows the unfaithfulness of God's people. Did they stop being God's people? No. We 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 see that, and and even though the names and also not my people, not loved, no mercy, and all, but that that. Changes, but God, God took care of it. Now, in the, as I try to move through this and then end, uh, go toward closing here on this redemption, redeeming, ransom, uh, the 23rd verse, the last verse of the second chapter of Hosea says, And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them, which were not my people, which were not my people, thou art my people. And they shall say, thou art my God. 
Things were going to change. There was going to be a change there. But he says, I will sow her unto me. I will do that. I don't know how God would have, how long he would have had to have waited for things to, certain things to happen until he handled it. I would, and I almost selected that song, Wait My Soul Upon the Lord, which to have patience and wait upon the Lord. And, but then I start questioning, well, but is it time now? Do I do something now with this situation? Do I wait longer? Do I pray? Well, and I always pray that he'll, he'll guide us in whatever that is. But uh, uh, anyway, getting off subject. But so then, so he says that, and then he tells Hosea. So Hosea, then he says, Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman, beloved of her, this is the third chapter, first verse, beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who took to who look to other gods, there's their unfaithfulness, and love flagons of wine. So, Hosea, here, second verse. So I, Hosea, bought her, bought her to me for fifteen pieces of silver, and for an homer of barley, and a half homer of barley. Uh, and I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man. Uh, so will I also be for thee. Uh, for the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king and without a prince, without a sacrifice, without an image, uh, and without an ephod and without ter- teraphim. Afterwards shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God. So they return. He went to her. Hosea went to and redeemed Gomer, his wife, from all that. I think again also of, of the uh, the prodigal, the prodigal that you know he took his inheritance, left, and the way he was living. And then he came to his senses. He returned, and, and so forth. Uh, but uh, Hosea went and he redeemed. Uh, so we see Hosea. Uh, we see Jesus Christ in that, in the redemption. Now, did she deserve the redemption of Hosea, her husband? No, she didn't deserve. Did Israel, uh, did they deserve redemption and returning to God and all? No, they didn't deserve. It's according to his mercy and his grace. Did we, as the elect, chosen by God, uh, did we deserve to have that ransom paid in full for us? Did we earn that somehow? No. Even today, coming to God's house to, and, 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 and gathering together as the kingdom, as the church then, that's not like we're earning anything. We do that. I, I do it for so many reasons. I certainly do to hear of God's doctrine and the, the, the peace in that and reassurance so that when I do leave this place, uh, still a part of the church, but not get gathered together uh, as the church. But, but but I will have that stability, the stability of an established God and an established salvation in Jesus Christ. Not just a part ransom. It's like, okay, well, they can pay the rest. They can do the rest in their lives. Let's see how they do. No, he knows how we would do. He knows how I would do and how I have done. And so I, I certainly rest in, in, in this. Now, in, uh, let me jump to uh, the, uh, I, think it, I think it's 1 Peter. Uh, 
want that second Peter. I want first Peter, the second chapter, I believe. Uh, yes, second chapter, first Peter, ninth, uh, ninth verse. Uh, says, but, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous, marvelous light, which in time past were not a people. That sounds familiar. One of those kids' names was not my people, and then would be called my people. Times past were not a people, but are now the people of God. That song we sing, people of the living God. I have sought the world around. Uh, But are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy. There's another one of those names. Peter's quoting uh, Hosea there. And which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We've come to that place there. Uh, Real quickly in Romans, and then I will close pretty quick. Ninth chapter of Romans. Uh, I won't get all these. There's several verses here, but toward the 24th, 25th verse, 24th verse of ninth chapter of Romans, and then I'll get to the verse that I want. Even us, whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. So again, you, you know, we, Gentiles were brought into the family. All of, Hosea and all, that's the Jews. That's those people. The law service and all that stuff, and then not only uh, not only of the uh, of Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Then he says, as he saith also in OC. I think okay, we're wonder where that. I don't remember that book in the Old Testament. Well, it's Hosea. It's that's the Greek name of Hosea. The Apostle Paul here in the writings of, of the Romans quoted Hosea. Here, I, I love that. Uh, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. Um, I won't go there, but in in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, it makes a very important statement there. It says that, that the redeemed, those that are redeemed, and it, it talks about in that verse where we sang, they sang a new song and so forth. It says, redeemed us to God. So if you think, well, where were we, what state are we in? Where were we redeemed, purchased, and and ransomed? Where were we redeemed back to? To God. That's what, it had to be that. Uh, I know it says Adam was a good man and so forth, but he didn't redeem, Jesus Christ didn't come and offer that ransom that was accepted of God just to redeem us by us back as far as the state of Adam. No, he redeemed us uh, to God. Now, in let me close with, if I can find it, Isaiah. Isaiah, yeah, the 35th chapter of Isaiah. Uh, just, just three verses right here. Eighth verse, Isaiah 35. Uh, and a and an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way 
of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up there, uh, up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And there's a whole, yeah, whole day on, on just this, this 35th chapter of Isaiah. But let me get to what I want to. 10th verse says, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I know, and in Revelation, it talks about all tears being wiped away and so forth. Yeah, and all our tears will be gone. There will be no reason for any sorrow or crying and all. There certainly is uh, here in our lives. But this everlasting joy we have right now, even as we have redemption, and we have also been given that victory in Jesus Christ. May God bless and keep you is my prayer. Close the service. Uh, We'll sing a song now.